Welcome to the Payroll Podcast with your host, Nick Day. Find out what it takes to truly discover what it takes to elevate your career within payroll as we meet with the industry leaders who are shaping the industry for tomorrow. Hello and welcome back to the Payroll Podcast. My name is Nick Day. I'm CEO of JGA Recruitment Group. We are specialist global payroll recruiters. And I'm very excited because I am currently in Denver for a couple of days for the annual Payroll Org Conference. Uh, For those that may be familiar with the uh, American Payroll Association or the GPMI, they've rebranded to Payroll Org. And I am very, very privileged to be sat here in a wonderful, wonderful venue to meet with some of the payroll industry leaders who are shaping the industry of tomorrow. I'm welcoming people to my lovely sofa here. I've been set up in a beautiful area in the Payroll Org Congress Center, an exhibition hall, and I'm going to be meeting with the people to talk about technology, talk about innovation, talk about global payroll, what the future holds for the industry, and of course, to find out how people are getting on at the Congress, what they're learning, what they're discovering, and what they're enjoying. So uh, sit back, relax, enjoy the interviews. I'm also recording these for the Payroll Org podcast, which is known as Pay Talk. So please do remember to subscribe to not just the Payroll podcast on your favorite podcast channel, but also click subscribe and follow to the Pay Talk podcast as well. Please, please share this content with all of your payroll colleagues and friends, and let's raise the profile of payroll for everyone. Sit back, relax, enjoy, uh, and let's bring these interviews to life. Here we go. I am joined already by Alison Strong, who is at Booster Fuels. My first guest of the day, Alison, how are you finding the conference so far? Oh, I am loving it. I love the energy that everybody's bringing, and, and it's so exciting just to be back with my people. Right. <laughs> With your, I mean, one thing I can say for sure is this is a niche industry, right? Or niche, I think you'd say in America. And everyone's getting together. The energy is buzzing in the room. We've just finished, I think, two different uh, seminar sessions. Which yes. sessions have you just been involved in? Yes, I just did two different ones on leadership. And now I feel embarrassed. I don't remember their names <laughs> of the actual classes, but just very motivational. Excellent. Any, any particular takeaways? Anything that you're going to implement when you get back to your, your payroll office? I think my favorite one is um, when they're speaking about remote versus back in the office. And, you know, I'm currently completely 100% remote. My, I work in Colorado. My company is out in California. Nice. So I will be remote. Um, but the thing that I really took away was culture doesn't happen in the office. Culture happens with the people. And I thought that was so powerful especially when so many companies are saying everyone has to come back to the office right and we all got used to this right working from home and being really productive with our time you can still have a culture and have people work remote absolutely right and you know what we've proved the payroll industry has proven that we can work from home very successfully it's a great example of the future of payroll now because you're working remotely this is a new thing in the world of payroll so tell me what are you excited about in terms of the future we're, we're sat here surrounded by global payroll providers we spoke slightly before we started recording today about the fact that you've dipped in a little bit with global what are your what are your views on the future of global payroll i think it is just up and coming i think what companies have realized is hey we can't have employees remote you know what we can have them anywhere sure you know i we had one employee that was you know living in california and wanted to to move overseas and you know we let him we had to do some setup but it was something that is great for companies because it just widens the talent pool that much more 
Couldn't agree more. Do you think that's something that pale professionals now really need to start considering the idea that if they're just domestic at the moment, they could find themselves 12 months, 24 months from now actually with more, many more employees on a global basis? Yes, 100%. You really have to just kind of, I would say, dip your feet in. There's, you know, there's free um, classes on global payroll. Just listen and start to understand um, some of the pieces of what that means and what that can mean for your career. Absolutely agree. Fantastic. And last but not least, what are you most excited about coming up? We've been to some seminars, one day two. What are the things you've got on your list that you're most looking forward to? Oh my God. It's still always the people. I love connecting with people here um, because when you're in payroll, there's a certain type of pain you have to go through. Right. And when I'm here, I realize everybody understands that pain, you know, because we want to get people paid right and on time. And it's challenging. It is. Absolutely. Well, Alison, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being my first guest for the day. You bring great energy. It's been a pleasure having a chat with you. Thank you so much. <laughs> my pleasure. Thank you. So I'm now joined by Laurel Serra, who is Director of Payroll Training at Payroll Org. Now, I had to invite Laurel over to have a chat with me on the podcast because last night at the workday party, we got into a pretty passionate conversation about the future of payroll, right? So I'm going to let you take the floor. Tell the listeners what we need to do to help raise the profile of payroll. I appreciate it's a big question. Where do we start? You know, the fun thing is that we have to really take a look at, like you were saying last night, the perspective that payroll professionals have right now. You had made that comment about how we often say that we fell into payroll. Right. And right now in business as a whole, you see everybody retraining their brain and the perspective they have and how you should be working in the workforce, right? How we should be treated as employees and what we should really value. And we need to take that a step further and really do that with the payroll professional as well. And stop saying we fell into payroll and saying, I love the profession I'm in. Right. This is why I chose it. I get to help problem solve and I get to help take it further. So now taking that part, retraining your brain and really saying, okay, how do we get this conversation started? Do we talk to people in the C-suite who have no idea about payroll, who maybe don't have a strong value of payroll and ask them their opinions and their thoughts so that we can try to educate them and get them on our side so that they really understand that there is truly value there. And then how do we take it forward from there? Love that. So we need to, we need to be talking to C-Suite, right? And I love the idea of owning the choice. We only say we fell into payroll if there's a little bit of, I don't know, shame or embarrassment. But payroll is one of the best professions. While well, we're here, right, we're celebrating the profession. I love that. What about the future of payroll in relation to a global context? Lots of people here currently processing domestic payrolls, suddenly finding themselves now in a borderless world as everyone's working remote overnight having a global payroll to, to be handling so how do, how can we help the payroll profession prepare for what's coming next well i think first and foremost being here at a conference like this and educating yourself on all of the new technologies the new thoughts that are coming down the pipeline the new ways we need to be thinking getting yourself ahead of the curve and being kind of like the champion of the change and accepting of the change you're gonna be 10 steps ahead of everybody, right? So if you take a look, a lot of times, maybe you're doing an implementation and someone's going, oh my gosh, we have to do this. You've gotta be the one who says, this is gonna be good. Stop being afraid of the change because when you start resisting things, it's a thing that you're resisting that's usually going to help you the most. So as we take a look at global payroll, the first thing that I tell anyone who's coming from a US-based payroll is that US-based payroll is global. Because if you're in the UK and you're expanding to have somebody work in the United States, that's global for you, for Sure. but it isn't for me. So we have to stop thinking that we're the center of it all. 
And, you know, it's hard at times, but we are part of that global community and we need to start talking and understanding. And as an American-based or U.S.-based payroll person, we have to start educating ourselves on the world abroad because we're not going to stop people from moving. We're not going to stop them from getting in their vans and traveling across the coast to, to see and work remotely. We have to really start embracing this. There's a certain point where you have to accept defeat, so sure. to speak, and say, okay, this is where we're going. We are here, and now we just need to kind of embrace it and figure out how we make it work. You know, they were talking about in the general session how we have to look for that unique idea, the yellow dot, and we need to start asking different questions. And I think when we start asking those different questions, even as it comes to our profession, we can really have these growth brainstorming conversations with the C-suite about how we can become an employer of choice. And that can start by having a great cohesive relationship with your payroll department, your HR department, to say these are what people are looking for. So how do we adapt what we're doing in payroll to accommodate our organization so that they can just keep expanding and growing? Because it's going to be better for everyone as a whole. Absolutely love that. We were talking about this in some detail last night as well, right? Having that growth mindset, which I think is really important. I work in global payroll recruitment. The other thing about global payroll is it tends to pay better as well. So for those in payroll, maybe not quite sure where to take their career or where they can grow their career, actually moving into global can be a really good and quite lucrative opportunity as well, which is great because the, the profile of payroll now is, is increasing. One thing I wanted to mention as well, because we talked about this a little bit last night in the party, which was how we how we look at payroll from a perception piece, right? So we often think that payroll is very expensive. We know it is. Often the wage cost is the most expensive part of any business. But actually, we, if we change our mindset, use that growth mindset you just mentioned, and think about payroll in terms of how we can save costs and actually add to the profits of a business, talking to our stakeholders in, in HR, in finance and IT, and saying, look, how can I help you? Because together, we can save you money. And actually, every penny you save is profit added to the bottom line. Tell me a little bit more about thinking about payroll as a profit-making center rather than potentially a, a cost exercise as, as other people perceive it. Well, the great thing about it is that I think we often hear the words data analytics all the time now, right? And if you haven't dipped your toe into that pond, so to speak, that term can be very overwhelming and you may try to shy away from it. But data analytics can start with something as simple as comparing one payroll register to the previous payroll register. So when we start evaluating the data that we're getting from payroll and reviewing things like time usage, time off usage, how much time is we abandoned for paid time off for our employees, or how much are they not taking? Are they burning themselves out and now using a tremendous amount of sick pay? And now we have this higher cost from our benefit usage, Absolutely. right? It kind of just snowballs out of control. So if we start to look at these little numbers and these little trends that we can kind of pick up on them, we can start working with the company. What can we offer as a better EAP program? How can we encourage our staff to start utilizing time off so they don't get burned out? Or let's evaluate our unemployment costs. Can we perhaps make a voluntary contribution to help reduce our rate maybe? Can we look at the uh, deposits for taxes? What is it that we can do to kind of save money? Now, also, you can look at anywhere where your company may have already been dinged for compliance sure. issues. How can we improve those processes so that we're not having those hits? That's a cost savings and technically an earning at a certain point. Because some companies automatically establish a budget. This is how much we're going to have in losses. 
this is how much we're going to have in fees. And they go, ah, you know what? The cost of that penalty, well, we'll take it. It's, it's fine. But when you start adding those things up over time, when we start addressing those issues, not only are we going to save the money of the cost of the fee or the penalty or, you know, less benefit usage when you have your burned out staff, you're going to find a team who starts starting to work leaner, working with the data and having it really work for the company. And it can really help bring that bottom line up and saving money for the company and understanding it. You know, we, we mentioned last night that sometimes the C-suite doesn't understand the final financial impact that we have for value for sure we are the usually the largest financial expenditure in an organization we touch every single worker in the world period no other job can say that you know even hr they onboard them and walk away and the most data as well right correct so we have this data at our fingertips that often is not even being tapped into we don't tap into it until our entire team's working 20 hours of overtime every week and we're like, we gotta get another person. But do we need another person? Can we look at other things here to see maybe there's something we're doing wrong in our process or something we can do better where we can save time for us internally? You know, maybe we can automate some responses, some workflow, some timesheet reminders to staff instead of hunting people down. When you really start to dig into these little nuances of what we do, they start to add up. You know, they say, if the little nickel you find on the ground, pick it up. It's the theory of marginal gains, right? But actually, you know, a small saving. If you only got one employee, okay, it can be forgotten. If you've got a workforce with 10,000 employees, those savings are significant. Okay. Suddenly now payroll is having a massive impact on the bottom line of the performance of an organization. Um, Laura, your passion is amazing. And for those that we can't see it on video, but you're animated. <laughs> I'm really glad you came to talk to me today. Last question for you, say, what are you most, what are you taking so far from the conference and what are you most looking forward to? The thing I look forward to the most, having uh, a position here at Payroll Org where I get to teach everyone and I get to help share our profession. When I have, anyone who has gone through my class and they come in and they say, you helped me understand this, you helped me improve this process at my company, you helped me get my CBB or FBC certification, you encouraged me to go global. It I mean, I, I've got goosebumps. I can see them. She's holding her arms with goosebumps. Well, look, hopefully people listening to this will be equally as inspired. So thanks for joining me on today's little short interview and I, look, I hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. Yes, you as well. Thank you so much. Okay, so I am super excited because Mary Holland, someone who I love in the world of payroll, global payroll, Mary made me feel very, very welcome when we went to Long Island for the Congress a couple of years ago, and she joins me again today to talk about global payroll. Mary Holland, how are you feeling? How are you enjoying the conference? I'm having a great time, and I'm so glad that you're able to be here Nick, with us again, because in 2019, right before COVID, you came, and it was wonderful having you here, especially coming from the UK and bringing the global experience and, and meeting all of the people here. So it's wonderful to be here. It's wonderful to see the international and, and all the energy that's around the payroll org having a name change between APA and GPMI. So a lot of Absolutely. energy revanding. We're seeing the world kind of change and we're and it's, I think it's very exciting. We are, and I'm actually doing this interview sat on the payroll org sofa. As you said, the rebrand has happened and right. it's, a, it's a really good awakening for people that wanna, wanna understand more about the world of payroll. And that's what this Congress is all about. There's a question that a lot of people are asking, and I've been networking in the different Congress sessions and seminars. And that question is, if I work in domestic US payroll in particular, how do I make that transition from domestic into global 
when I don't have any global experience? What, what advice would you give? Um, the first advice I would give is look at the webinars that um, the Payroll Org offer. They offer a lot of webinars that are free. And if you are certified in U.S. Payroll as a CPP, you'll get a recertification credits. So look at that particular item that, that's out there. The other thing I always encourage people to look at on Twitter and LinkedIn because there's a lot of great global articles and start to explore what's actually out there. I would also look at where have you been in your in your existence in your travel footprint and, and what interests you? Is it the culture piece? Is it the payroll piece? Is it the HR piece? What experience do you have yourself and where do you want to go to the next step? And of course there are um, courses through the payroll org to take on global certification and to move forward. And then I would look for a mentor, for somebody that would mentor you and you can talk to them so that no question is a dumb question, but find somebody that you really connect with and talk about it. And I think that's a great way to, to get your first start on that. That's fantastic advice. And also, of course, I'm joined by yourself, who is a bit of a trendsetter, a bit of a game changer in the world of power, right? You're someone who hasn't been afraid to take a, a risky step to, to make change. You're right at the beginning of the GPMI journey. I remember having that conversation. For those that really want to have an impact in the world of global payroll, how can they start? What advice would you give to those people that have got that itch inside them but just don't know what to, what to do to take that next step? So one of the things I'd look in your organization, what's actually going in the organization that you're working for? Are you global? And what, what areas can you support? Is it something in HR? Is it something in payroll? Maybe it's global mobility? And share that information with your, who you report to and other people, other stakeholders so that you can actually make a difference. So actually, I'll share with you, Nick, um, when I actually started out, um, I was doing, I was working for a company and I was responsible for U.S. and Canada payroll and expats, right? And that was the area of responsibility I had. And so a VP that was in our organization recognized that I really loved payroll and the pieces on that. And so he decided that he needed to make trips international to find out exactly what was happening in locations. And on one um, afternoon on a Thursday, he said to me, would you like to go on these trips, these two trips I have? I have one to Taiwan and India, and then the second we're going to go into China, Hong Kong, and then go to Russia. And so he goes, just, do you want to go? And then I, I wasn't half sure that what he was, if it was really true because of the fly-by Thursday afternoon high meeting, right? And when I went home that um, evening, I told my husband, and he says, that's a great opportunity for you. So the next day, I actually ran into him again. He goes, I'm sending you the itinerary and all these pieces. And I said, well, I guess I should tell you, the only places I've been outside the U.S. is Canada and Mexico. And he looked at me and he goes, do you have a passport? And I said, I do have a passport. And so he's thinking, well, and then did all the pieces, went to the clinic to get all the shots again because I was going into some countries that were kind of from the U.S. perspective. You needed to make sure you were safe. Sure. And so when we went there, I think he thought I was going to be like the anchor that he was pulling forward and changed my life. He said to me, this is going to change your life. And I said, ah, nothing's going to change my life. But a week and a half trip to India and Taiwan did change my life. And he, this, that manager said at one point, said, I made a person that really, I changed her life and she became a global person that wants to take advantage. And I look at it as any place you go global, you have to be a warrior out there and go and visit something because that helps you understand the culture, the people's experience. So just think about that if that's where you're going to go out is where have you been and what do you like to do? And the area is vast because like, you can work for a service provider, you can work you know, at a company, 
But don't be afraid, because I think that we all don't know everything, but you have to learn to take those first steps. Yeah, don't be afraid. It's fantastic advice. And let's be honest, you're a bit of a pioneer in the world of global payroll, right? I know that you also, well, part of your travels are taking you to the UK. I know you love the royal family. I saw your nails yesterday with the, with the Union Jack on there, which was wonderful. And you were there for the coronation. But also, you're, you're here now as part of the expo as well, as, as part of Payslip. Tell us a little bit about what Payslip do and your role at Payslip now. Okay, so um, today in Payslip, I'm the Global Payable Evangelist. Um, three and a half years ago, I was the Chief Client Officer and I've had that role for um, working on implementations in the client journey. And now I'm working kind of across the organizations in sales, product, the clients, and then being able to help marketing. Using my global skills across the organization gives me some more time to meet with people and have webinars through that piece and share my knowledge. So Payslip is a global payroll technology platform. They're actually headquartered in Westport, Ireland. And the unique thing is um, the CEO was in one of my classes in 2017 to learn about global payroll. She had her, her she started her company, or was planning to start up her company. She knew what she wanted, but she decided before she launched her company, she wanted to talk to global professionals. So she flew into San Francisco and took the three-day class. And that's where I met her and then kind of stayed in touch and I was on the board and then eventually when I left GPMI, I ended up being with her almost four years now. So the piece I love about it is, first of all, you're working with people from other countries, right? It's, it's global sure. and you have global clients. The other thing is you can add value by helping people from either sales or product or things like what's happening and why is it important to people in the organization because each country has different nuances and it's hard if you don't, if you're not in the weeds to kind of know what it's like. Why would a company, why would one country do it this way versus something else? And why do you have 10 social taxes or no tax in some countries? And so that's the piece that I really like about Payslip. And then kind of the, the area is just exciting. I always wanted to work outside the U.S. So it's yeah. an opportunity. It's an opportunity you learn a lot because you learn outside the U.S., we in U.S. do certain things, other ways they do things, but it's kind of the blending and kind of the culture piece of the culture piece of putting that together. And it also makes you kind of global and the world's global. It's all about, it's the connection, I think. I, had a, I went to a fantastic seminar yesterday called, uh, all about cross-cultural differences delivered by Kira Rubiano, which is exactly that. Like, right. We do things differently in the UK to how you do things in the US. You do differently to, to Brazil or Germany or Ireland. It's, it's a... It's a a complex but exciting world out there. I think the one thing that's really exciting for anyone listening to this right now, perhaps they're at the Congress and they are in domestic payroll or global payroll, sometimes we feel like there's a ceiling, a glass ceiling we can't break. We think the end of the payroll road is head of global payroll. But actually, I'm sat here with Mary Holland, who's now chief payroll evangelist. Right? This is a title that many people would never even knew existed. You were chief client officer before that. And also chief, that's an important word. It shows that payroll people can get to the top of the C-suite can have a really central role in really exciting, fast-growing businesses in tech, whatever it might be. So for those that maybe feel like they're being a little bit restricted by their profession, maybe they feel like they don't know where they can take their next step, I think you're a walking example of someone that's, that's broken through that glass ceiling with, with, with some force. What advice would you give them? I would, well, I mentioned the mentor. I would also take the risk and volunteer to present a webinar, write an article. Um, do some research, like as you mentioned on that culture map, the, the, the book, The Culture Map by Aaron Myers is with a session that was yesterday yeah. uh, that, that Kira Rubiano presented. I actually had that as a book club for my team and we 
they read the book and then we had discussions about international and talking about that. So get, even if it's a book club with different people in your organization, but I, I would say don't be afraid because everybody takes that first step and you have to take that first step. And there's a lot of people in payroll org or any anywhere you are in the world that really likes payroll. We have a lot of great associations around the world. It's not just payroll org. Absolutely. You know, you have a great one in the UK and, and there's one in Ireland and there, there's um, one over in Australia. So look at the, those pieces and look at the articles that are out there. Be inquisitive. Like even if it's just setting aside an hour a week to look at what that is. And then where do you really want to go? Thinking about what you like to do and then mapping that out and put your goals for the year. And maybe it's just small, you have to take those first steps, but look at that and make sure that you achieve those goals. Fantastic advice. And actually, I was very lucky because we, we recently co-authored an article, didn't we, on Global right. Payroll, which you can find out if you go to the Payroll Org site and sort of navigate through to Global Payroll, you'll find my, my, my article, which I wrote with, with Mary. Uh, last question then, for the people that listen to this show, and actually, I think this is going out live on both the Payroll Podcast and the Pay Talk uh, Podcast. Not everyone is going to be in attendance today, but they're working in global payroll or they're working in payroll, and then perhaps they're thinking about coming here in the future. How would you sell it to them? How would you say, you know what, next year, wherever it's going to be held, what can they get from coming to a Congress like this? Okay, so first of all, plan for next year. Start uh, start today. Sure. Um, it's, na- it's in Nashville next year, and then I would start building or talking to your upper management to make sure that you have funding in the budget, first of all, and then make sure as soon as you go out um, in really actually next week, the payroll org will start having information about that. Take a look at what was offered this year. Look at what would be valuable in the courses for your um, organization and, and show them to your management. Make sure you have buy-in and put that as a, as a task or as something that you really want to do. And once again, that does take courage because there's not always a lot of money sometimes in payroll. Sure. So you have, to for, you have to sell the product to them and don't be afraid to just because they're at a senior level, don't be afraid not to ask. And if you don't ask, you never know, right? And you need to build the case. There is education grants that are available through Payroll Org, so take advantage of those. And then reach out to your local chapters and other fellow people. How did they um, position it in their organization to ask to be able to come to a conference for the very first time? The very first conference that I got to go to, and it was amazing because I was in finance and decided to get certified, right? And I think my um, organization, because I had payroll reporting into me, I think the CFO and the VP I was working for thought I was half crazy, got the certification when I was doing many hours of work. And they said, and I said, can I go to this local conference for California? And they said, really, you want to go? And I said, sure. And they said, you may as well go. And that's when I first met Dan Maddox and the organization. And that also changed their life. So really coming to the organization, meeting payroll professionals and people with the energy, it energizes you. And, and everybody needs that energizing and, and feeling of a group. And so that I definitely would encourage people to do it. Start today. It's great advice. There's a lot of burnout in the payroll industry, but actually the energy at this Congress is phenomenal. A lot of people coming together. Those that we call them Congress virgins, lots of them here at the moment, really connecting, really enjoying themselves. So if you haven't come before, Nashville, what a great location. I'll be there. So Mary, it's always a pleasure chatting to you. I could chat to you all day. You've got such great energy, such passion for the industry. Um, thank you for joining me today for, for, for a short chat. Okay, thanks, Nick. Have you ever asked yourself, how can I recruit payroll staff effectively? Please don't give up on your recruitment project just yet. 
Here at JGA Payroll Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top payroll talent. We also understand just how costly a poor payroll hire can be. JGA Recruitment are a niche payroll recruitment agency who will partner with you to resource payroll candidates who will improve both the accuracy and efficiency of your payroll department. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. So now I'm joined by Michael Francis from SBA, and I met Michael yesterday at the Congress. Yes. We had a brief chat about global payroll, but before we get into that, tell me a little bit about your experience with the Congress so far. Uh, the Congress has been great so far. I think the change that the APA and GPMI have put in place, um, changing their name to Payroll Org is appropriate, and they're doing a wonderful job of driving that brand, and so I, I am all for it. I, I, I am a payroll professional through and through um, it's not what I it's not what I do it's what I live and I breathe and so um, it's been great fantastic the one thing that came through we met yesterday was your your passion for payroll yes sir. we talked a little bit about the fact that you used to be domestic you kind of got a little bit of a global presence coming in tell us a little bit about the future of payroll and do you think going global is something a lot of people are gonna have to start adjusting to well you know I mean as companies grow um, they can only grow so much domestically and so they have to start looking for different markets so I think globalization is going to be the path for the future um, my concern however with with the payroll population is that we're an aging population I, I am uh, proud to be 59 on my next birthday um, I don't intend to be in payroll for more than another five to ten years so I'm more I'm very concerned about what that is what what the payroll is going to look like in the future if we don't start attracting younger people. But from a global payroll perspective, I think this opens up other opportunities to start attracting a younger audience to um, this career and this yeah. profession. Absolutely agree. I think it opens up more opportunities for growth, progression. We talked as well, you've been involved in not just payroll processing, you're involved in implementation and yes, projects. Sir. Tell us a little bit about you know, the varied role a, an experienced payroll professional like yourself can be exposed to, perhaps for the youngsters that aren't quite sure what payroll is and whether they should get involved. S sell it to us. Okay, so I started out as a payroll processor, um, pretty much just processing payroll data entry. I moved on to start doing payroll accounting. Um, I dabbled in payroll management. And one of, the, one of the highlights of my career was working at Johnson & Johnson where I learned so much about payroll tax and payroll compliance. It's a backbone of what makes payroll work. Yes, it's very important to pay people, but it's also moving that money that you take from people's paychecks to the different agencies and also to the um, vendors. Um, if you don't do that, then you know you open up your company to interest and penalties and so on. So it, there's a huge compliance risk if you do not make those payments. But um, after Johnson & Johnson, I thought, you know, I knew everything about payroll and then I moved into the consulting world. Um, I worked for EY for three years and what EY did for me, took me all over the country where I got to work with different companies to help them with their payroll issues. So this is something that's available to a youngster that comes in and learns all of the ins and outs of payroll that you will have companies that will actually pay to come tell them how to do their payrolls. So there's a vast majority of things that's gonna happen where I am going to 
focus my energies over the next five years is really starting to try to attract younger people to this payroll profession. And I do know one of the things that, two things that the younger generation looks for is a sense of belonging and also a sense of purpose. And I can't tell you that, <laughs> that payroll is a purpose-driven career. If you're not paying people, then the economy doesn't work. And so there is purpose behind payroll. And so how we, how we, how we package that and start appealing to younger people, because I tell you, I say all the time that it's difficult managing millennials, but I admire the hell out of them because they will not stay somewhere where they don't feel as if they belong. Couldn't agree more. And actually, the one thing that you really get a feel for when you're at the Congress here is it's a really supportive industry yes, full of people who give up their own time to mentor, to train, to support, to develop. People like yourself really keen to get new people into the industry. And actually, when you're here, it's a really, it's like a family feel. I know there's sort of 2,000 people here, right? But actually, yeah. people are really supportive and everyone's networking, everyone's connecting. You kind of have to be here to, to, to believe it. But right. you're talking about attracting new people in. I think one thing you get from this conference as well is there's, you get exposed to not just compliance, not just payroll, but you get exposed to tech, you get exposed to implementation, yes. you get exposed to sales. So there's a lot to offer uh, someone coming into the world of payroll. From your perspective at this Congress, what have been the, the talks that have most inspired you or what have been the learnings you've taken away so far? Wow, um, I just actually did a, a class. Um, it's managing up, down and across. Um, and you say, well, that's not a payroll class but um, if you are in the payroll industry and you're not at the management level yet this is a class that can help to open up your mindset help drive you to that higher place that you may want to get to so that's been a that was a great class I think the, I think the keynote last night by Bill Stallion was was excellent um, in terms of giving you perspectives on having conversations not being afraid. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an introvert at heart. I can walk into a room, stay in a corner and just watch people. But then I miss out on opportunities to make connections. And actually, um, as he said, he has us walking around with this yellow dot. So I'm about to put it on because I think I've, somebody has given me inspiration to do something. And then the keynote this morning around the future of work was actually very good. I mean, the, the, the technical classes that you come to will give you knowledge on how to block and tackle in the payroll industry. But the, the keynotes and um, these other breakout sessions give you opportunities to grow yourselves in a very holistic way. Sure. So that way, if payroll is your passion and you do it for a while and you want to move on to something else, you have these tools. So, the, so, so this conference, as you said, it's not only about payroll, it's not only about um, gross to net and compliance, it's really about growing you as a holistic person in your career. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's about growing you, having that growth mindset, learning about the concepts of leadership, concepts of coaching, concepts of just being an all-around good individual in whatever it is you want to do in whatever career journey you want to take, which is fantastic. So what, we've got a couple of days left for the Congress. What are you most looking forward to before we finish? Um, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a party guy. I'm originally <laughs> from Jamaica, so I'm looking forward to, and I know uh, it's a pet peeve for me. They have been announced, uh, pronouncing the party, fate. Now, if you are from Jamaica, from Trinidad, it's a fet. 
So I'm, I'm looking forward to a FET tonight, you know, so I'm looking forward to that. And then I have some other classes around global payroll that I'm also looking forward to. As well. Fantastic. He says he's an introvert. I'm not so convinced. <laughs> I'm not so convinced. Well, listen, I hope you have a great time at the FET. Yeah. Uh, I said it correctly. Michael, it's been a pleasure meeting you yesterday. Pleasure having you on a, a short chat today and thank enjoy you. the rest of the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I mean, it's, it's one of the things that I'm passionate about. So that's why the inner introvert in me can come out because this is a passion of mine if i have a passion or if i trust an individual the, the this side of me comes out so thank you for trusting me to be on your program and um you know give me the opportunity to have this chat it's my pleasure but you know what we only have passion for something if we love it so yeah. if we would want to get the youngsters into this profession <laughs> Listening to people passionate about what they do is probably the best way to entice new people to come in, right? You love it. Everyone here seems to love it. It's given so much to so many. Continue to raise the profile, Michael. It's great to have someone like you standing up and helping those and encouraging others to come into the industry. So thanks for joining me. All right. All right thank you. Cheers, Take Michael. Care. Okay, so now I'm joined by Congress Virgin, I have to say, because I can see the red dot on your, on your badge. Emily, new member flag. New member flag as well. <laughs> Emily Castles from Boundless Technologies. Emily, what brings you to the Payroll Congress? So at Boundless, we're a global employment platform. So we're employing people globally on, part, on behalf of our customers. So we have employees in 25 different countries. And by virtue of doing that, we obviously have to run payroll globally as well. Um, so um, for me being at this at this event, it means that I'm completely immersed in the payroll world. I get to see what the, the cutting edge things are, what people are talking about that's like upcoming and new, um, what the expectations are um, for employees, etc. because we want to, to keep up essentially. So it's really important for me to be here. Super. So what are the seminars you've been to so far? What have you taken away so far? What have stuck? Halfway through day two. Halfway through day two. So yesterday I went to a really interesting one on earned wage access, which is something that I've kind of been looking at a little bit in the last while. Um, really eye-opening, kind of challenged my thinking around it actually a little bit. I think yeah. I went in with the preconceptions about who it's for and what it means, etc. And um, yeah, it was it was a, it was a really really good. It was by Rapid and um, Flex Wage. Yeah. Those guys. So. Um, yeah, that was that was really eye-opening and learned a lot about like how we might be able to roll that out. Regulations are obviously really tricky with that one on a global global scale. And then today, I'm looking forward to our um, RPA one, Robotic Process Automation one later. Yeah. So I'm a tech person, I'm building software around all of this area. So uh, yeah, looking forward to that. That's in an hour, um, just to see how that can help us with like operational excellence, you know, making sure that we're accurate and that we're doing everything. Uh, the way that it should be in order to pay people on time and then there's one later on global mobility so obviously that's my kind of subject sure. we're all about remote working um, I, uh, I'm a person who's working for a company that's like based in a different country um, it's something that I feel really passionate about so uh, Payslipper are doing, are doing a talk on that later so I'm looking forward to that super yeah. and I know this because we met yesterday at the party right so yeah. you live in France in Chamonix but yeah. your business is based in Ireland we're here for global payroll one thing we know the rebrand of payroll org is really about pushing how the industry is moving towards more of a, a, a global footprint when it comes to payroll processing and compliance and so on. And you've obviously spotted a bit of a niche in this industry as well with the work that you're doing. Yeah. So tell us about how you're seeing the future of the industry and why why there's really a, the need for what you do now, why that need is growing. Yeah, so like when we found a Boundless four years ago, we were sitting there convincing people that remote working was a trend, global remote working was a trend. And, you know, really telling people that like within the next 10 years, you know, like this really high percentage of people are going to be uh, working from from home, working from other countries, etc. And then obviously pandemic just accelerated that overnight. We don't need to convince people of that anymore. Like, you know, it's just it's the, 
it's, it's, it's here now it's here to stay like I don't believe we're going back to, to anywhere near what we were like four years ago and I think that if you want to retain talent attract talent if you want access to the best talent like the way forward is employing remotely and employing internationally and we found that ourselves for our own our own company like we're founded in Ireland and we have like people in eight different countries and we would there's no way we would have the quality of people if we were looking at the, the smaller pool right like if you're just looking in your local area like we have like these excellent world-class people working in our company and because we can employ them in you know where they are it means that we get to access those people so I just don't see any going back you know so just making this clear for those listening maybe you're you know, processing a domestic US payroll at the minute and you've got your first global potential employee this is where you guys can come in right you can help yeah set those people up and, and take away some of the strain or pressures tell us a little bit about what you guys do yeah so it's a real pain point right like you're you're looking at a new country so say you found somebody in another country that you really want to employ or somebody wants to move back to their own own home country something like that and you look and you say like okay we want to facilitate this uh, we want to employ them there um, it's just it's, it's just a real nightmare trying to navigate uh, how to do that so like first of all you have to open up a new entity in some countries that can take up to 18 months to do um, and then just really complying with like local laws and knowing how to employ in that country is really really complex and it's just not core business for people you know like it's not where people should be focusing so um, we can come in we do all of the employment contracts I personally sign the employment agreements for everybody we make sure like we hold your hand through it we make sure that you're compliant in that new country that you know you know what are the holiday allowances there versus where where you're from right you know like knowing the differences there and we really hold your hand and make sure that you're doing everything right for that employee in their home country and then obviously we're paying them um we're paying the local taxes we're doing all of the social charges etc like everything like that it's all taken care of so that you don't have to worry about it um so yeah we can we can really like take away that pain point for people fantastic for those interests that's boundless technologies where everybody's coming from now for those that are listening to this that maybe haven't made it to the congress this year maybe they've wanted to go but didn't even want to go on their own you've come yeah, out by yourself I right and see the red sticker yeah, yeah, yeah. so how's that been tell us about how welcoming it's been for you and how have you found coming out on your own and how have you navigated it and and how would you sell it to someone else perhaps is listening to this and thinks maybe I'll go to Nashville next year yeah uh, I don't know like I've, I've been to many conferences I guess over the years and I have to say this is one of the most welcoming places I've you know welcoming groups of people that I've ever stepped into I think you know everybody just wants you to succeed like the whole team of the first day just felt like you know helping people to kind of come out of their comfort zone to really like speak to the person beside them you know find out about like the strangers that you've never met before and really just encouraging people to kind of um, get to know get to know new people that they, they haven't met before and I just I, I loved that I think that it's a very egoless room I think people just really are interested in what they do and they want to share what they do and they want to find out if there's anything that you have interesting to share as well so like coming on my own not a problem at all like it's you know you sit down you just like talk to the person next to you every time there's just like there's no fear there whatsoever so um from that perspective that's amazing and then you know you're just like you're among all of the the top players um in this space so it's just super educational and like you know kind of for me trying to unpick um all of those players and where they cross over and where they don't cross over etc like that's really really useful for me to like find out that information so. fantastic and there's a lot of parties here as well right there so that always helps listen emily it's been great thanks for stopping by and having a quick chat with me today no and uh, i hope you enjoy the rest of the congress yeah thanks dick thanks very much thank you so much for tuning into the payroll podcast with nick day of jga recruitment if you need help with a current payroll vacancy, then please get in touch with Nick and his team. All contact details can be found in the episode notes. In the meantime, to make sure you never miss a future episode, 
please subscribe to the show through any of your favorite podcast channels. Till next time.